Hi, my name is Umberto Mucci. This is with the Italian News podcast about Italy during coronavirus times. Today is Monday, May 3, 2021. There are two round figures that have been surpassed by Italy in its vaccination campaign. The first is that the number of doses administered has exceeded 20 million. The second is that 6,163,000 Italians are fully vaccinated. And this means more than one Italian, one Italian in 10, to be exact, 10.2%. And the acceleration continues. The regions who fully vaccinated the highest percentage of their population continue to be Luguria, Molise, Emilia-Romagna, Marche and Valle d'Aosta, those who instead vaccinated the lowest percentage of the population continue to be Calabria, Sicily, Campania, Sardinia and Apulia. (coughs) 69% of Italians over the age of 80 have been fully vaccinated. This percentage drops to 10% for those aged 70 to 79 and 8% for those aged 60 to 69. Italy is ninth in the world and fourth in Europe for total number of doses administered, but is 20th in the world and eighth in Europe for doses administered in relation to the population. As every Monday, just a few numbers about the situation of the contagion in Italy. Over the past seven days, with regard to the new positive cases, we have a percentage change of minus 11.3% compared with the previous seven days. In the same period, the average change in the number of patients admitted to COVID wards was minus 11.2%. With regard to intensive care units, instead in the last seven days, the average change was minus 6.3%. On average, in the last seven days, we had uh, uh, a variation of minus 16.1% of daily deaths compared to the previous seven days. We've seen only minus signs for a month now, and the speed of descent of the numbers keep going well. As we know, the last uh, um, figure, that of the daily deaths, is the one whose curve comes down last. And although each of these deaths is a tragedy, and although Italy has passed the impossible round figure of 120,000 deaths per COVID, the last time there was such a low number of deaths as yesterday was seven months ago. Let's hope we never have to go back to the daily numbers of the period we passed. Monday is also the day when the changes in the restrictions of some regions come into effect, according to the model of the different color zones of which I have been telling you for months. Today there are only two changes, Valle d'Aosta goes from orange to red and Sardinia goes from red back to orange. The situation is stable, with the south in orange with the exception of Campania that is yellow and the rest of Italy in yellow zone with the exception of Valle d'Aosta. Let's continue to travel around Italy a bit and see three news stories about the three most important cities in Italy, Naples, Rome and Milan. In Naples there are two curious pieces of news. The first concerns the tradition of the melting of the blood of San Gennaro. Tradition says that if the blood of the saint does not melt, bad news is on the way and after these 15 months there is really no need of that. The blood has melted and all the Neapolitans are happy about it after a day of prayer that had followed an initial failure to melt. There are three dates on which the Neapolitans gather in prayer to invoke the dissolution of the blood. September 19, the day of the patron saint, December 16, and the first Saturday in May. But there is other news, quite as incredible as the first, about Naples, which is a place where anything is possible. A treasure trove of more than 400 paintings, statues and other ancient objects from the 14th century onwards has been discovered in the basement of the Maschian Gioino, the famous castle in the center of Naples, after inspections for damage caused by bad weather last November. 
The works had been abandoned for decades, many of them had deteriorated. Now they will be secured and catalogued and some will be restored and ex exhibited to the public. That is amazing. In Rome instead, it was confirmed that a project to build a high-tech lightweight stage inside the Roman Colosseum will allow visitors a central viewpoint from within the ancient structure to see the majesty of the monument. <coughs> the retractable structure will restore the traditional arena or stage for combat for grad gladiatorial shows in ancient Rome. The stage was original to the first century amphitheater and existed until the 1800s when it was removed for archaeological digs on the subterranean levels on the ancient structure. The project should be completed by 2023. The mobile system will be allowed to quickly cover or uncover the underground structures below to both protect them from rain or allow them to be aired out. The new stage will allow visitors to stand in the center and view the Colosseum vaulted walls as they would have been seen by gladiators in ancient Rome. And then there's Milan. <coughs> One of the two soccer teams of the city, Inter, won the soccer championships, uh, uh, the Italian soccer championship, after nine years in which it was won by the same team, Juventus of Turin. You know that the soccer championship in Italy is the most important sporting event. Since March, it has been impossible to get the fans to return to the stadium, apart from a few small numbers in the matches played a year ago. The problem is that the fans, rightly happy for the victory of their team, gathered to celebrate in the center of Milan, 30,000 of them in the same square, 30,000 people, all together. The celebration saw many people shouting, singing, hugging, in short, doing all those things that since the beginning of the pandemic are prohibited and dangerous. Some wore masks, others did not. We hope there are no consequences. It was definitely worrying to see photos and videos of all those people doing exactly what since March last year has been explained to, do us, to us as the perfect way to be infected. And Milan is the capital of Lombardy, the region most tormented by the pandemic. Let's hope for the best, really, and congrats to the Inter team and fans. Speaking of sports, I end this video with a little news that made all of Italy proud. On Saturday, the girls of the Conegliano volleyball team won the Champions League, the most important trophy in Europe, after having already won the championship and two other national trophies. The news is exceptional for three reasons, actually four. The first is that the team was born only eight years ago, in 2013. The second is that Conegliano is a small city in the Veneto region with only 34,000 inhabitants and it had never happened that such a small city won the most important trophy in Europe in any men's or women's sport, any sport. The third is that in the final, the small Conegliano team defeated the team from Istanbul, Turkey, which has a population of 15.5 million people. But there is something even more beautiful, at least in my opinion. Perhaps you will recall that a few weeks ago the head of the Turkish government, Erdogan, refused a chair to the woman who is the president of the European Commission, uh, Ursula von der Leyen, on an official visit. And when the head of the Italian government, Mario Draghi, officially reprimanded him for this enormous lack of respect, Erdogan took great offense. Well, Erdogan, who has a history of denying civil rights of the Turkish population, especially the young ones, had announced that he would watch the match between Conegliano and Istanbul live to support his country. The result is that not only Italy won, but the MVP of the final was the greatest champion in the history of Italian female volleyball, Paola Egonu, who is 22 years old, 
a black Italian and a lesbian. And it's funny to imagine the Turkish dictator's face humiliated by a wonderful champion who embodies everything that the, that the dictator hates, free youth and diversity in every possible way, perfectly represented by a wonderful, talented, amazing Italian, Paola Egonu. It's all for now, it's all for today. I'll see you next Wednesday. My name is Umberto Mucci. This was With Italian News. Ciao from Rome.